A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Welcome back to episode 93, a bonus episode for everybody listening. Thursday bonus treat. And honestly, I'm excited about this one because in this podcast, I sit down with, I mean, there's no argument about it. She is the greatest lady golfer that has ever lived. I would agree. But it, there's no there's no argument about it. <laughs> Fine, I'll argue with you. <laughs> it is facts, and I'm super excited. I get an opportunity to have an, an exclusive 30-minute interview with Annika Sorenstam. Her resume is absolutely outrageous. I have purposely not listened to you, because we're recording this on what is, what day is it today? I've completely got lost. It's Wednesday. Yes. This goes out Thursday. You did your interview with her on Monday. I did. So I'm actually going to listen to it kind of in real time when the audience will, because I don't want to know. I'd almost have questions for you now, but I don't know. I don't know what to ask because it's just like, I can't believe how much of a legend she is. You had half an hour with her. Did she talk about 59? Uh, We touched on it. Yeah. We touched on her early retirement because what's crazy, she retired at 38 years old. That's mad. To go away, have kids. She had kids. She had two kids and she's come back into the game now because of one of the kids, and she explains that in detail, which is fascinating. She's come back recently, and now she's over 50. She just turned 50. She played in the US Women's Open and dominated. She won it, oh my which goodness. is a, a major, a senior's major. She came back out of, of a retirement. She's been out of the game for 12 years, had two kids, and she's come back and dominated. She shot a 59 famously. Yes, She's played golf in men's pga tour tournaments she's had 10 major victories she's had 73 lpga victories she's had 17 european tour victories she's a hall of famer she's won player of the year how many times is that eight times pretty much in a row lpga tour money winner eight years so she is an absolute legend of the game of golf. Legend. She originally from Sweden. Um, like I said, she just turned 50. And she um, now lives in Orlando, at, uh, Lake Nona. I've actually seen her house. It's outrageous. Mm-hmm. Amazing. Um, but what was really fascinating about her story, one, she was really, really good with the time. Mm-hmm. You know, we really touched on a few things. And she dived really deep into the answers, which... 
not surprised me. Obviously, she's a legend of the game. It's not a first podcast interview, whatever she's done. But I felt like she really went into depth about questions. I asked her about her number one highlight in her career. Ooh. Like, what is the one thing that stands out? Don't spill it now, obviously, but... I also talked to her about uh, how emotional it was having her children walk the fairways with her when she now takes the victory. How old are her children then, roughly? I think about... 12 and 13 around that uh, old enough to know what's going on in fact probably not 12 because she retired at 38 and now she's 15 she had kids in that spell i think i think her oldest may be 11 and he's a super keen golfer i wonder if you watch the channel you could do i didn't ask so i thought i don't i don't want to i don't want to have rejection she said no who who are you again (laughs) we also had sophie on the podcast on monday and she asked a really good question about um and i posted it to annika about what drove her what, what made her stand apart from anybody else on the planet at that time? And again, an amazing answer. We've said this a few times in the podcast. We, even though you're a little couple of years older than me, we literally started playing golf like in 96, 97, the exact same era. So for the pair of us, she is literally an absolute legend. And, and it feels like, I might be wrong in the number. In fact, I'm going to have a quick look at when she was really winning the total majors because, yeah, she, she was literally, what's quite weird, she was absolutely killing the women's game at the same time Tiger was killing the men's game. So it was kind of had like these two almost, what, they almost didn't seem human. You know, like when Tiger was at his peak, he wasn't almost a human, was he? He was like a robot and she um, was the same. Like Tiger was unbeatable, yes. she was unbeatable. They yes. were pioneers in their sports at the, about the same time and um, just phenomenal. Like $22 million she's made. And again, in ladies' golf, in that time frame, mm. as Tiger moved That's a true. decimal point in golf for men's golf, Annika moved the decimal point in golf for ladies' golf. We mentioned last week at the AIG Women's Open how the prize fund got increased and it was like $800,000, I think, for first place. Yeah. Imagine if she was winning like that in this modern era now. I also asked her about what does the future hold? She's obviously still got game. Answer was not what I expected. Now, this was all very nicely set up by MasterCard, who has sponsored this today's podcast. Uh, We were at the AIG Women's Open with MasterCard. I've done quite a bit of work with them over the last few weeks. They gave us the exclusive on the Victor Hovland interview. They've done the same with the Annika Sorensen. So thank you so much for MasterCard. Um, If you do want to donate, it's um, they're doing a a great campaign where they're planting trees around the world. Mm-hmm. And you might have seen a few weeks ago when we went to the Open, we sat down and had a really good chat about that as well. It's a good thing that they're doing. And I think if you can get involved, it's pound fifty donation. I'll put a link in the description below. They have these fantastic water stations up at the Open and the Ladies Open. Obviously, they've finished now. Um, but well worth checking out. Well, um, I saw you donate, so you've planted a tree. I have. I've donated a few times, have named, actually. Have you named the trees? Um, Cyril. Cyril. Cyril and George. <laughs> um, so that, that's fascinating. I'm, I'm, I think you'll really, really enjoy the podcast. Now, before we get to Annika, I also had a five-minute chat with Alison from MasterCard to talk about how they um, fund and help, you know, really help these lady golfers out to achieve their dreams. How do they spend their marketing budget and their money to sponsor these amazingly talented athletes not only on and off the golf course as well. So we sit down with Alison, and then straight after Alison, we're jumping in with Annika. I think you're going to really enjoy it. I think you're going to enjoy it, Guy. Well, are we coming back in after that, or are we done now? I think we're done. Okay. Well, I'll listen to it now. On the next podcast, we've got Andy Carter in. He's actually coming in later, so what is today, but this will be on Tuesday. So I'll be in the same clothes if anyone looks at that. But I'm going to listen to that in, in between. And I'm going to give you some, um, hopefully, I'll give you a five-star review. Like you didn't rate the macaroni cheese, I will rate your interviewing skills. I appreciate that. Right. Awesome. Good. Roll.
So, Ali, thanks for joining us on the podcast. Um, I'm really excited to chat about you because, obviously, MasterCard are such great uh, company for sponsoring sports in general, but also golf and certainly women's golf. Um, so, you know, tell us a bit more about MasterCard, how, how they really got into sponsoring women in golf. Absolutely. Um, so we've been a long-standing partner with the RNA, and uh, our gender strategy at the company has really come to life over the coming years. And as part of that, we, we focused on kind of redesigning the world with women in mind, because so much of the world's been coded, designed from one point of view. And our thought was, okay, how do we really expand what we're doing in our own business um, and beyond that with the partnerships that we have? And so it was a perfect opportunity for us to partner with them, you know, kick things off and, and not only focus on, you know, mentoring, but getting other businesses excited about women in the game, um, and also starting to work even more with our ambassadors like Annika, who's a, also an RNA partner. I mean, all of that is amazing. So kind of why now? Yeah, I mean, I, I'd say we've been, you know, playing in the space of women's sport for probably 10 years or so, um, whether it be in, in golf, but more so in um, some of the other passions that we're, we're invested in. Um, but with the catalyst of our own business being focused on gender equity, um, you know, across, you know, bringing people into the economy, um, focusing on um, driving solutions for small businesses, um, for them to grow and succeed around the world. It really made sense for us to look at all of our partnerships, not only on the business side, but across the board. And, you know, from a sponsorships perspective with it being so, um, so focused on gender equity, and, and really from a society perspective, delivering solutions from a people perspective, what we've done internally with um, equal pay parity for men and women with, you know, delivering benefits for, uh, you know, folks who need to go to maternity or paternity and, and really kind of, you know, broadening all of our offerings and services. And, you know, obviously we went to the Open, that was an amazing event. And obviously the Women Open that's just been on now. I mean, both events were so- so good i mean they really were and and you know sponsorship funding is so in, important it really is to allow these athletes to do what they do so what is what is mastercard specifically um how are they specifically supporting women's sport as such no absolutely so obviously it starts with investment to your point um but i think it goes beyond that um it's it's really putting a showcase on the ambassadors giving them you know, a further spotlight to shine. But we also try to tie back to the business and inspire young girls. So um, obviously we're a tech company. And with that, we've we developed a proprietary program called Girls for Tech, which teaches school-age girls about the world of technology. We've been excited to actually create a golf-themed curriculum. And we've actually done that across all of our passions, you know, football, rugby, et cetera, to create that connection, to show girls, you know, wow, you can play in the space, you can play the sport, you can also learn about technology, and actually technology is embedded in a lot of sports. I've really noticed more recently that I've actually been to three ladies golf events this year and only one gents, which is really rare for me. And I don't know, I found myself really getting connected to some of the characters out on the golf course. And therefore, I have found myself rooting for them a lot more. And I think that's so important. You talked about there, the story, be able to tell their stories. Is that how you plan to kind of elevate the fan experience as such? 
the whole idea of priceless experiences and those connections is at the, the heart of our brand. And really, as you, you know, fans are just always looking for more of that connection. And so anything that we can do as a brand to create that connection, whether it's getting them sort of an insider look, walking inside the ropes, um, you know, having a one-on-one -on -one lesson with, uh, you know, with a player, uh, you know, those are things that you can only dream up sometimes, right, as a child. It really does seem like the focus is such on a, a very wide holistic approach on supporting women in golf and golf in general, also bringing the, the fan experience to events. And like you say, being able to have the opportunities, I mean, I've, I've been lucky enough to host some of the players in your in your kind of clubhouse that you normally have at the That's Open. Right. I mean, and it's so great. And as you mentioned a minute ago about adults also being really excited about meeting their favourite player, whether it's Justin Rose or Ian Poulter, you know, you see that kind of glint in their eye and they're like, wow, this is really special. I, like I said, I think what you're doing to help support women on, off the golf course, in golf and in other sports is amazing. And you you guys should be very, very proud of yourselves. Well, we really appreciate that. Thanks so much, Rick. Okay, so that was Alison from MasterCard. That was a really good chat. Now on for the exclusive interview with Annika Sorenstam. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. So, first off, Annika... Uh, I saw it on social media this weekend. Have you just done a triathlon? Yeah, well, it's just a little small sprint one, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Is this something that's new or have you been doing triathlons before? Uh, well, I haven't, I haven't done many, but I've done a few in my, um, in my life. 
That's amazing. Uh, but COVID, yeah, with COVID, it's obviously a little difficult. So, but we had one here just uh, at the golf club. So, my husband and I, we swam a little, biked a little, and ran a little, and here we are. Wow. Which bit did you find the hardest? Uh, I'm not much of a runner. So, yeah, no, I can swim decently, I can bike. But the running, especially after getting on a bike, 10 miles biking, and then I feel like I have spaghetti legs, you know, like they just kind of wobble or heavy too. So, uh, but, you know, it's, it's a good, uh, took us what, hour 27. So it's a good workout and kind of doing it together. So it's okay. <laughs> oh, it's really nice. Um, my first question, Annika, is obviously you were incredibly successful. What drove you? So when you were starting your career or when you were really getting into golf, what drove you to really separate yourself when you came out on tour? What, what, was, the, what was the catalyst? What was the inspiration? I would say, well, first of all, I mean, I enjoy, I enjoy the game, number one. Um, I enjoy working on something. I like to, you know, I put my time into something that I enjoy doing. And I think in golf was more just trying to figure out how to hit all these different shots. You know, it was just, you know, I grew up, I played tennis, I played all kinds of sports, but golf was like, okay, putting felt like one sport, chipping felt like one sport. There was a lot of sports within the sport. And I would just wanted to, you know, just improve my skills in each and one of them. And I enjoy being out there working on technique and feel and all those things that I need to work on. So I think just a passion for the game and getting better was really what, uh, you know, made me stay into it and push myself to new levels every year which part of the sport within the sport as you very nicely said did you enjoy the most I mean I've always been an iron player I would say anything from you know from 50 yards to 150 I would say mid irons has always been my my strength I mean I do hit a lot of I practiced a lot of the wedge you know my wedges so anything from like I said from maybe 50 to 120 was just I spent a lot of time there I felt like it was you know, shots on par three, second shots on par fours, maybe in third shots on par five. So I spent a lot of time, the goal was to make up and down literally from 150 in. I know what part of, that's again, sport within the sport, did you find the most challenging? Which areas frustrated you most? You know, it's kind of gone up and down in my career. Uh, You know, I would say, in the beginning a lot of it was long bunker shots you know not fairway bunker shots but you know 40 to actually 20 to 45 yards bunker shot you know yeah, when you're horrible. in between you know when you hit do you hit it clean do you hit sand just that you know have to be so precise I thought that was and you know I would say you know the rough I was decent but you know I wish I had a little bit more power I have more of a shallow swing so when you were in thick rough it's you know you had to come down a little steeper on the ball and I would say that that's probably not my strength, but I try to hit more fairways so I didn't have to put myself in that position. <laughs> and what, um, when, when you was growing up and you were playing, what, who was your biggest inspiration? Did you have anyone that you looked up towards, whether that was a golfer or, or another sports person? Was there anyone at the top of the chain that you were looking at? You know, I would say I had several role models throughout my life. I mean, I was still with my parents, just, you know, growing up in a steady loving household and uh, my dad was uh he played lots of sports track and field handball and then also he um you know he was a golfer i mean not a professional but a a social golfer my mom was uh, also into sports and then golf later so i saw them being very active early on so they were role models and i think later 
you know, just looking at other sports being bored because I competed in tennis for many years. He was somebody that I just admired um, very much. I think the whole country did actually. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, you know, obviously he's an amazing athlete. And then when I started getting into golf, it was, you know, at that time we didn't have social media and all those things that we have today, certainly not the women's coverage. So, you know, it was very rare to see a female, you know, in, in a golf magazine. I mean, yeah. forget about the cover, even in the magazine. Um, so, you know, I grew up following Lisa Lot Norman from Sweden. She won the U.S. Open in 88. There was Laura Davies, um, you know, some of those names that, you know, that I was uh, inspired by. And then I went over and played college golf. And that's when I was introduced, you know, not personally, but just to the LPGA, you know, Nancy Lopez, you know, Pat Bradley, Patty Sheehan, uh, Betsy King, uh, Beth Daniel, just to name a few, you know, Joanne Connor, all of them were playing on the LPGA at that time. They were the stars. They were Hall of Famers. You know, they were the one that started the tour and all of those things. So it was, that's kind of like I felt a little bit more connected because I was in the same country. I was, you know, studying at the university and, and we had an LPGA tournament in town and all of a sudden I saw them and it was just like, oh, that's pretty cool. And Maybe one day I could, you know, do this for a living. Amazing. Um, you mentioned a second ago, you obviously, when you were first starting, social media wasn't a big thing at all. Do you do you wish it was when you were when you started your career? Would you have would you have loved to have grown up with with obviously you, you'd have had enough nice pictures to post anyway on your social media? Do you do you wish you had that? Certain things I do. Certain things of social media, I think it's very valuable. But <laughs> it doesn't mean I'm like hundred percent of social media. But I think. For women's golf growing up, I mean, I, you know, I, I watched men's golf. I mean, we had a PGA tournament uh, caddied for, for um, Peter Teravine, and he was from Finland. He played on the European tour. You know, that was when Ian Woosnam played, you know, Greg Norman came. Um, I mean, we had so many, you know, Nick Faldo, I mean, all of those, the European players I watched, I mean, they were the ones that I could watch. And yeah. I think it's hard to to start picking up a sport. It's hard to get inspired. Maybe if you don't see kind of yourself, you know, in that in the environment. I mean, I didn't see myself on the European tour. I saw myself on the LPJ, but I just or on the European Ladies Tour. But I just never really we didn't have a tournament to, until later. So I think from a social standpoint, like social media, it's the you know the creating the awareness and the excitement and and just you know getting it out there. I think that would have helped women scoff yeah. early. Uh, but having said that, we have that now and and you see a lot more women and young girls picking up the game. It's, you know, doubled in just, you know, 15, 17 years. So I think it's helpful for that reason. And I think we all know that role models is is a good thing, you know, whether yeah. it's in the sports and business or, you know, just, you know, you, your neighbor or your parents. It's always it's good to have people to look up to and and trying to, you know, do the right thing. Yeah, I mean, I, I was at Carnoustie this week, actually, watching the AIG Women's Open. And what's staggering, we had um, Sophie Walker on the podcast that's just been, and in fact, she she inspired me to asking you the question, what drove you when you kind of first started up? Um, but for me, I've actually been to three ladies' golf events this year and only one men's, and I've really become so much more invested. I, I, you know, my mum got me into golf when I was growing up at 11. And when I when I first started, there wasn't lots of lady golf on on TV like you mentioned a minute ago, but now it is much more accessible. I mean, I think the Lays Open was live streamed on YouTube all the way through, and for me, I've become really um, really fond of certain characters within 
the ladies golf that I, I, I now follow and I and I root for and, I, and I'm passionate about. And I think you need that, don't you, in in a sport if you're really going to get behind it. It's not the sport so much; it's the characters that do such a great job at promoting said sport. And obviously, you were you were unbelievably influential in that, um, getting so many young girls and women into golf, which is such an amazing achievement. Um. I've got two girls now and I've got a little boy and they're starting to show signs of golf. They're, they're seven. My eldest daughter is seven. My middle daughter's five. My little boy's soon to be three. And with being around me, I'm a golf professional and they kind of pick a few things up. We've got a little putting green in the garden and stuff and they're really finding it fun. You've got two kids yourself. Are they really getting into golf now? Is it? I'm guessing they're seeing what mum's done. They must, they, you know, they must come in this room that you're in now and go, wow, what an inspiration. Did they get into golf really young? Are they, are they really into it? I'd love to know a bit more about that. Yeah, no, I mean, we introduced our kids to sports early on. They're 11 and 10 now. And because sports has been part of my life, as you know, my husband was also an athlete. He played um, all the other sports that I didn't, which was football, baseball and basketball. Really? You've got, you've got everything covered. Yeah, so we, I just think sports is it's fun, you know, it's good for you. And I think it's, uh, you know, just uh, a great way to spend your time, you know, from a physical standpoint, but social standpoint and yeah. in the future. So, yeah, they've been introduced to different sports. I mean, nowadays, you know, our son, he, I mean, he's become a golf nut. He loves golf. Um, you know, he would love to do it 24-7. Um, he does play a lot of um, football, as you say, soccer, as they say over here. He's <laughs> part of a big uh, academy, and it, you know it's quite serious at this age. So it's starting to, you know, the overlapping on golf and soccer is difficult because it's all year round here, living in Florida. Um, our daughter plays a little golf. We uh, not so much. I mean, we we played eighteen holes all of us on Saturday. Oh, that's um, nice. You know, and it was fun. You know. Um, and she's not that serious. She's just more out there. We have a good time together. She plays a little volleyball. So, you know, sport has been a big deal of our family from the very beginning. And, and, uh, but now, yeah, golf is obviously more on the forefront now when I'm playing. Uh, and when Will is so into it, he has a tournament, a nine hole tournament coming up. And, you know, nothing serious, but I mean, he loves to be out there every day. I go, he, he's my practice partner. So, oh, that's nice. Fun. I mean, yeah. So he's, um, you know, I think he's the one that's really pushed me. I would say the last year and a half because he's so into it. And then yeah. I'm spending time with him and I was like, well, I might as well practice. And then when I practice and then it's like, oh, maybe it's a little fun. So, you know, <laughs> I, give him, I give him credit for, you know, for my kind of a new fresh start into the game again. So Wow. That's amazing. And obviously you've come back and had phenomenal success. I mean, winning, winning the US Seniors Women's Open must have been an, an incredible, you know, achievement. I mean, sounds silly were, were you shocked did, did you even shock yourself or did you think you know I'm playing really well I'm playing really strong going into the week I mean you never know I mean I I've played a few tournaments this year just to get ready for this event but before that it's been 13 years and you know having two children and a business and all the things I do I you know you get a little you know out of sync in competition because I have so many other things on my mind. I mean, competing is not the first thing on my mind, uh, contrary to being a mom. And so, you know, how do you turn that on and off? I feel like I wear a lot of hats and yeah. and uh, I wish it was really easy just to put a new hat on and then you're super focused and, but it, it's not working that easily. But 
I had put a lot of time into it. I mean, the kids are in school, I go work out and I go practice a little bit. And, um, and then I do the other duties, whatever is, you know, with my partners or yeah. commitment with, you know, whether it's IGF or, or just, you know, being a friend in the neighborhood too. So, yeah. um, you know, of course, I mean, I was, I, I felt good coming into the tournament, no doubt. I love the golf course. And, uh, you know, I felt my husband, Mike was on the bag and it was just, oh, lovely. Felt, you know, felt right, but you never know. I mean, Laura Davis is playing well and we have Trish Johnson. I mean, many of your country women, uh, Katrina Matthew. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, Helen Afferson who won before COVID, she won both of the, the women seniors. So I knew the competition would be, would be tough and especially not competing for so long, you never know, but you know, things just kind of clicked that week. And, and uh, so obviously I'm super excited about that. And is it, it sparked that competitive bug again, potentially to, to compete more? What's the, uh, I'm not necessarily going to compete more, but I, you know, I'm going to continue. I mean, to play the kind of what I did this year, because yeah. I'm defending in the, in, in the U S women's seniors. And I, I like to do that. And that's so I need to maintain a little bit. And I have a few sponsor obligations, you know, Scandinavian mixed, um, I'll be playing that next year again, which I did this year. Yes. Um, so, you know, I would kind of maintain a, you know, a schedule of whatever, five, six tournaments, which is what once every other month. So it's not yeah. a lot, but you know, it's just something. So it makes me keep practicing or just go out there. Otherwise it's, it's very difficult to just, okay, what am I hitting balls for? Well, there's nothing to look forward to, but then again, it, I don't want to be out on tour. I mean, I've done that. I've had of that course. life. And so it's, it's, it's a little bit of funny situation. I'm kind of in between because when you play one every other month, it's hard to play, to play good golf too. So, but you know, that's kind of the choice that I've made and, you know, I do enjoy it when I'm out there, but I don't want to do it full time. And, you know, I'm, I'm such a, in a different time of my life and, you know, the players out there today, the players that you watched, I mean, this is, you know, they're starting their careers and so they, they're hungry in a different way. And also, you know, I know what it's like even just going away that week. You know, I miss the kids. I'm, I terribly miss the kids. And, and you know, if you were to go out all the time again, things like that, you know, that time you don't get back all the, you know, you want to take him to school. You want to take him to his to his soccer tournament. You want to, you know, watch him for his nine-hole golf tournament he's got coming up and your daughter's volleyball match. And they're the things you don't want to miss. Um, I bet it was absolutely amazing with the kids stood, with it, with this grandstand finish on 18 ready for you when you when you won yeah no it was special they came up and they watched um you know when you the seniors we don't have any ropes so they were able to walk the fairways oh wow um, yeah all the all the people that are spectators so they literally i mean i tell people they walk the fairways with me and That's amazing. it was really neat and and like i said will has been with me on this journey and you know he knows how much i practice he's been with me and and uh so you know you can see him on the 18th and uh, it makes me choke up because, you know, he started to cry knowing what we have done oh, together. Wow. And so, yeah, it's, um, it was very, very special. I could not have asked for anything else. And I've, I've said this all along when and this is a family affair. Uh, if they don't want him to play, I'm not, you know, that's the end of the, it's end of it, right? I'm not going to play it. It's, they know what it takes. And if they're, if they're with me, then I do it, but I'm not going to, this is not for me anymore. I've done it. I've, I've had that walk. I've had that, you know, those memories, but uh, with their support and certainly my husband's support, I said, well, let's do this together. And we did. And that's what made it even more special 
because uh, the times that I go leave and um, you know, my daughter knows why I'm leaving to go practice and Will is with me. So it, this, that's what made it really worth it. Wow. And, and let's say tomorrow you go and practice. What, what, would, what would Annika do tomorrow to practice? What does it look like? Well, it's a lot of it. I, I'm, I'm working on my swing and I work a lot on my feel. Uh, you know, when I stepped away in 2008, I mean, the first few years, obviously having children and, um, you know, I lost a lot of touch around the greens. I mean, if you don't play, it's, you know, it's the distance control, it's the, the ball flight and the way you come in, you know, to chipping and uh, bunker shots and all those things. And, and then it's the swing, you know, and also you get older, you lose muscles, you lose the timing and so distance control. So, you know, I really you know, I could really work on everything. Um, I feel like I got to work on it, but I've, I got a good feel of my swing now. So it's fine tuning. A lot of it has to do with tempo. Um, but now I just want to maintain what I have. You know, I know I'm not going to hit it, you know, 275 anymore. I know that, you know, I just, you have to know your limitations and I'm actually okay with it now before early on, it was, you know, you just see your game kind of go from top to this and it's, mm-hmm. and it's no fun. And, um, but now I got things a little bit more in perspective, you know, and, you know, to be out there every, every day uh, or to compete, you know, you have to put in four five, six hours a day. I don't have four five, six hours a day. No. You know, I have, you know, I have one hour, maybe an hour and a half to hit someone. So I have to do everything in a short period of time and, and uh, it's okay, you know, yeah. and I think that's why, you know, I'm in a different place. You've got to be really efficient with your time, I guess. And, 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 and then do you have a swing coach or do you work on your own swing yourself? Uh, well, mostly I do on my own. I did go see my, my old swing coach, old meaning um, I, we worked a long Previous. time. Yes. Um, so actually I took some lessons this summer when I went back to Sweden because he's in Sweden. And so that was interesting, you know, literally 13 years from having no lesson, you go certainly back to the basics and, you know, as anybody, you know, you, you start falling into bad habits or maybe old tendencies. So, yeah, and once I started to get the hang of it, you really notice the difference. And so, yeah, I mean, I, you know, I'm, I hope to take another, you know, but not the way, I mean, I used to work with him every six weeks, very consistent schedule and, you know, have a plan and all this. I mean, that's not where I am today. And, you know, I won't be, and I don't want to either. So, but, you know, once in a while to get a little check up on my alignment or my grip, I think it's very important. And have you really, you know, obviously 13 years had passed, technology and golf coaching has changed enormously. Did you find yourself embracing that technology with launch monitors and obviously video analysis is somewhat been around for, for a while now, but it's better and force plates and, you know, reaction forces. Have you embraced that or did you go quite kind of old school? Well, I kind of have to embrace it. I mean, I don't, I need the latest technology. I need, yeah. I need help. Um, you know, but I'm, I've never really been one, you know, I don't really sit up track man and track everything. I, uh, I have pretty good feel for what I want to see and what I want to do, but when it comes to equipment, I, you know, I turn to Callaway and say, you know, just help me with club head speed, you know, making sure that you know, the shaft is right. The weight is right. So, cause I mean, early on, I mean, I was playing my clubs that I played when I was 38 and I need a little lighter and it, it's just not the same. So yeah, it, it's a lot more fun if you can, you know, custom, make your clubs to you, whatever your ability is. And my ability has changed a little bit. So, um, but you know, also it's funny you mentioned, as you know, being a golf professional, the technique has changed too. The way, you know, we hit shots here and I mean, it's like everything, it evolves and that I need to kind of stay up to date a little bit. So that's, you know, when I take lessons my coach will say, you know, nowadays, you know, this is what they try to do. And yeah. so, 
at trying to fine tune it and make it a little easier than than maybe it was. What what do you what did you notice? Obviously, obviously you've been around golf in that period of time where you did have children and you know everything else. What but what did you notice? Kind of from Annika fifteen years ago when you used to practice and train compared to now. What what would you say was the biggest outside agency that you'd seen change let's say so technology equipment is the one thing that you thought wow that's really come on leaps and bounds in that kind of 13 year window i mean i I would say certainly like you know trackman technology meaning you know they uh they analyze every single shot and a lot of times i i feel like you know a lot of players you see them on the range they have some kind of monitor right behind them telling them, you know, the ball speed, the launch speed, uh, club head speed, or, you know, whatever it can be, you know, the uh, angle of attack. And I think- Spin rates and all sorts. Yeah. And I think, you know, I I think that you see that in a lot of younger players too. And so that has certainly changed a lot more, you know, recording your swing. And and I think the biggest thing is people now, they want to launch the ball a little higher. Um, And so I think technology and swings have, have changed in that. That's a good thing, um, you know, but uh, like anything, you need to find the balance. You know, a lot of times I think these young kids, they have no idea other than numbers. And, you know, you need to, when you're out there playing, you need to see a shot, feel a shot. And a lot of that has kind of disappeared. Um, so I think a good balance, you know, it's good to know that you're maximizing, but after that, you got to work your shots and, and get an understanding. Why is it going right? Why is it going left? And all those things and not just kind of turn to a monitor you know, that beeps when you're not in this certain perimeter that you need to be in. So um, I think it's good and bad, but there's no doubt these younger players are a lot more equipped, um, you know, and also fitness. I mean, fitness has become a big deal. Uh, You can see a lot, they're very athletic, they're building a lot of strength and you see it, you know, across the board. And you were really, you were a really early adopter to fitness and working hard on your, um, you know, physical attributes when you first came out on tour, um, you know, it's, it's now it's everybody, pretty much everybody is hitting the gym, working hard to get themselves in better physical shapes. Um, have you seen that side of things develop a lot as well in golf in that kind of window? Absolutely. I mean, and you hit it, um, you said it, I mean, it's everybody's a great athlete today. And, you know, cause it's so it's so competitive. You need to be good in every area, you know, not just having the right equipment, not just having the right technique. Um, you know, you have to be physically strong. I mean, the game has changed. I would say a lot more on the men's tour, uh, but you know, it's about power. I mean, these, I remember when, you know, I played in skins game in 2003, there was only a few that would hit over 300 yards. Now it's only a few that do not hit it 300 yards. So, you know, it's become a power game and, you know, they don't care so much about the fairway. It's more about, okay, I want to wedge in my hand. And if I have a swing, I can get it anywhere. Um, So it's power. Um, You know, there's a lot of things have changed into the game. And, um, but yeah, fitness, you can tell. I mean, these are amazing athletes, you know, just, you know, strength, but also endurance and, you know, the consistency out there. So it's fun to see. I think it's been good for the game. Um. And then obviously you're heavily involved in not only now being a mum, being competitive as well, as you mentioned. Obviously your foundation is doing such great work. Could you tell my listeners and viewers a little bit more about that? Yeah, no, I'm super proud of the Annika Foundation. What we've done, we started in 07 and it's it's to provide playing opportunities for young girls. We have initiatives from girls ages six to college. We have a college event. So 
Uh, we really try to catch the, the spectrum of young players to be able to fulfill their dreams. So we started out with, you know, Kalanika Invitational, it's tournaments. Uh, we have seven of them where they're ages 12 to 18 and, and kind of the, the cream of the crop. They play against the very best in, in the area, whether it's Europe or South America, whether it's in, you know, um, um, Australasia. Uh, or in Asia, and uh, we're just trying to make sure that they're playing opportunities. You know, it's amazing when we start a tournament in, in Argentina five years ago, we were the only girls event uh, in the whole region ever. So uh, we're just trying to, you know, grow it from a grassroots and uh, able to share my knowledge and my passion for the game. We have several coaches that come uh, from America and recruit uh, at our tournaments. So giving these young girls an opportunity to get a scholarship, whether you're from South Africa, whether you're from you know, Brazil or, or Chile. And it's been really, really fun to do that. You know, our tagline is more than golf. So it's not just a three-day tournament. We try to create some fun events as well, but also we have workshops, whether one year could be fitness, one year could be social media, you know, discussions, and one year could be maybe talk about, you know, protecting from the sun, you know, things that we think that is important for anybody to know more than just hitting seven irons and making putts. And we would have a welcome dinner and I attend all of these tournaments and it's, it's been great. I mean, we've had over uh, 600 girls every year. We have, you know, 150 that play professionally all around the world. And uh, it's been really, really fun. So, you know, with COVID slowly, uh, you know, giving us a chance to come back and, you know, we just hosted a tournament in Sweden. We hosted a tournament in the U S early in the year. Uh, and we hope to have a tournament in South America later in the year. So it's not full capacity yet, but we keep in touch with them, just like I'm doing with you through Zooms or through Teams. And uh, just going to continue to inspire this uh, next generation of girls. That's amazing. So good. Any plans on coming to the UK? Um, you know, we've had some uh, players from the UK play in our tournaments. And, um, you know, she just turned uh, professional. Um uh, Miss Humphrey, I'm trying to, um, she just played fantastic. She played on the European tour and um, uh, a great player that I see, I think, wants to play in the U.S. one day. So uh, we certainly hope to to get more countries involved. Again, it's been tough with um, with COVID, but, uh, you know, we, we just love the opportunity to be able to get a golf club in a lot of young girls' hands. And, you know, the initiatives we have for six-year-olds, um, it's called Share My Passion uh, it's a three-hour, so it's a lot smaller event, and we introduce them to the game. They learn the basics of, of uh, gripping the club or maybe just, you know, learning how to align. Uh, and then we do a fitness station, uh, and then we have a healthy lunch, and then I do a clinic for them, just, you know, kind of share my knowledge and passion. It's been a lot of fun. And, you know, some of them have held the club before, some of them have not, but hopefully we can sparkle our interest. Amazing. I think my two daughters would absolutely love that. Yeah, they're they're showing signs of really getting into it. And we went to a ladies' event recently here in the UK, and there was they had a golf foundation, um, kind of clinic area where there was girls giving uh, lady professionals giving these my my girls a golf lesson, and they absolutely loved it. Uh, hopefully, I, I just think, as you mentioned earlier, I envision a future where I can be walking down the fairway playing golf with my three kids, and I just think that there's no other sport really in the world where you can do that where 
different people from different backgrounds, ages, religions, whatever it may be, can come together and golf just washes away anything that's that doesn't link you together and you can have such a great time out on the golf course with whether it being family, friends, new people you've not met before. Uh, that's kind of certainly why I certainly love golf and so many people do around the world. Um, last question then. When you look back on your career, and I'm sure you've been asked this question a few times before, is there one thing that you would rank higher than anything else as, as your greatest achievement? That is a good question. Um, you know, I look back at my career and of course I'm, I'm super proud and uh, humbled at the same time, but um, you know, it's always interesting to pick something special out and it's been hard, uh, luckily. Um, but you know, you think of your first victory, you know, the first victory that hopefully propelled your career most likely took you to the level that you never knew that you had. So, you know, winning the US Open in 1995 in Colorado Springs at the Broadmoor was, you know, that was just an incredible uh, moment for me. I was second year on tour and, you know, the best players in the world I thought was there anyway. And I was able to finish, uh, you know, at the top of the leaderboard by the end of the, the tournament. And I just, it gave me the confidence that, that I needed, but also knowing that I made the right decision to be a professional. And, and at that time I, I knew that, you know, I have a lot of more golf in me. I have just, I mean, I have, I feel like I can improve in this and this and this and this and still be able to win the biggest tournament. So I think that was just such a, you know, turning point in my career from a confidence standpoint, but also knowing um, that, you know, this is something I want to do, you know, for the rest of my life. Yeah, it's, it's validation, isn't it, straight away, as soon as you take your first victory. I mean, you've done so much, so many amazing things in your career. You're, you're an inspiration. Um, you're, a, you're a hero in the world of golf. So certainly for me, thank you so much for everything you've done. Um, and, and I know golf in general has really benefited from you being in the game and ladies golf has really benefited. And it's great to see you back. And it's great to see you winning. Um, and it's great to see that obviously your kids are out there having fun with you as well. And I'm looking forward to, to potentially following their career one day. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate your time and um, chatting with me. Thank you so much, Annika. All the best. All the best. Take care. Good luck with your kids. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> thanks, thanks, Annika. Thanks so much for that. I really appreciate it. All right, guys. Hopefully you enjoyed that. How amazing, eh? To have Annika on the podcast things that dreams are made of. Hopefully you guys enjoyed it. Make sure if you're watching on YouTube, you like, you leave us a review on the podcast channel and we'll be back next week with another guest, a friend of mine who we've not had on the podcast before. Thanks for listening, everyone. Thanks for watching. I'll see you next time. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.